We are live once again, coming to you from the city of brotherly love, none other than Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, broadcasting from and hanging out in the WWDB 860 AM studios. You've tuned yourself in to another episode of the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. What that means is we are bringing you the best ideas for what actually works for managing health issues, not just what has the most money behind it. By the way, I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. You can reach out anytime or check out my work at evantransu.com. Well, my friends, we are starting off the new year with a bang. Obviously, we were not here for the entirety of 2020, but the new year is kind of a uh, symbolic change, right? It's sometimes when, or it's a time of year where we reflect, we look back, and we say, how can we do better in the future? And one of the things I wanted to do at the end of uh, 2020 when we were starting is really bring on amazing people in my life that knew what they were talking about, um, but have contributed a lot to me and honor them in the ways that they've helped me. But in 2021, uh, we're stepping this up a lot. Uh, the show's done very well. After five episodes, we were able to move to an hour show from a 30-minute slot, which was fantastic. Um, I hear us getting replayed on Monday nights now, which is also um, a huge compliment from the station. We appreciate that very much. And that's why, again, we want to talk to people now who have um, extraordinary results in the health space. I want to honor people who are out there doing amazing work, giving information for free, asking for absolutely nothing in return. Um, and that's exactly what we're going to be doing today. So I'm going to read this woman's bio. Uh, she's someone I've been following for a long time now, and it's a little bit lengthy, but I want to read the whole thing because I think it's important. So we're going to be talking to Dr. Courtney Hunt today, and Dr. Hunt has spent the majority of her career as a board-certified OBGYN, helping women mothers and their children deal with 21st century illnesses that current medical textbooks fail to address. Most of these illnesses arise from our changing modern environment. After many years delivering babies, Dr. Hunt grew tired of seeing mother after mother and woman after woman come in feeling exhausted, foggy, achy, and sad. Worse yet, she grew concerned about the growing number of sick children these women were bringing in with them, children of all ages. Dr. Hunt herself was a busy delivering obstetrician and operating gynecologist and has spent years translating that expertise into figuring out how to make surgery and pharmaceuticals less necessary and lifestyle more important in the path to wellness. Well, you can tell why we're having her on. She began to study nutrigenetics many years ago when she started to realize that the majority of her pregnant patients were nutrient depleted and grew concerned over the impact this could have on the fetus. Since childhood, Dr. Hunt has a desire, or had a desire to become a physician, especially when at the age of 13, her grandmother developed ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. If you guys don't know what that is, it's a pretty serious thing, and, and you will watch the person kind of deteriorate. So I can imagine um, how that would get someone inspired to do this work. And this motivated her at age 17 to attend the University of California at Berkeley as an integrative biology major with focuses on reproductive endocrinology, genetics, and neuroscience. So you can tell, I mean, she's one of our less intelligent guests. Um, that's for sure. Uh, she graduated from medical school at Loyola University Stritch School of Medicine at 25 and completed her residency at UCLA, ultimately administrative chief resident. After practicing for one year in California at 29, she moved to Arizona. Working, uh, after working with a large OBGYN group, she opened her own practice, Desert Jewel OBGYN, in 2005 as the founder and medical director. It was in this practice that she saw an increase of patients that suffered from chronic fatigue, autoimmune disease, fibromyalgia, horrible perimenopausal symptoms, Hashimoto's, vertigo, migraines, memory disorders. Uh, sound familiar, guys? And the more she saw, the more they came. 
They were patients who had been previously ignored by others, undiagnosed, misdiagnosed, or had only been given Band-Aids for their symptoms. In an attempt to better understand those patients and their symptoms, Dr. Hunt utilized her knowledge in genetics to develop a deeper understanding of human DNA, how it interacts with environment, lifestyle, and food choices. In addition, her husband was diagnosed with, diagnosed, excuse me, with celiac sprue shortly after they were married, a childhood disease that was missed in him despite numerous doctor's visits until well into adulthood with almost catastrophic ramifications. This spurred her to deepen her knowledge of the gastrointestinal tract and the effect our food choices as well as the microbiome have on it and its connection to our brains. And finally, on this journey, Dr. Hunt was forced to look outside of what she had been taught in medical school and residency and look deeper for answers. This led her to pursuit of nutrigenetics. As an early adopter of BRCA cancer gene testing over 20 years ago, she realized that if we could see the genes that predict cancer, we could also see the genes that could heal us. A roadmap for healing, if you will, an instruction book for the body and its environment. Oh, well, I am excited today. Dr. Hunt, thank you so much for being here with us. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. I'm I mean, very it is excited, very excited to be here. Awesome. And yeah, it's the least I can do. Guys, I'm going to shout it out a few times, but it's at Courtney Hunt MD on Instagram. This woman goes live every single day at sunrise, which we'll talk about the importance of that in this uh, episode, I'm sure does a hike up this huge mountain and is just teaching everything from medicine to health to quantum physics, whatever. I believe I can actually hear, and it's totally cool. It's very minor. No one else would know what it is. Are you hiking right now? Is that correct or not today? No, uh, I skipped it. I went just for 20 minutes this morning because I wanted to be where it's quiet. So okay. I'm not, I would love to be outside watching the sunrise right now. I'm staring out a window, but I'm not outside. Fair enough. Fair enough. So the first thing I want to talk about today, oh, and by the way, everyone, we will be skipping the Health Coach Ev fact of the day, Health Coach Ev rant. We'll only be having two ad breaks. I, I want to be focusing more on this conversation today. Um, but I need to know, what is the transition like from going from more of a traditional route into, and I've heard you say this before, you know, natural medicine and functional medicine is isn't even really the category you fall into. So I'll just say, what is the transition like from Western into what you're doing now? Because that's got to be a major paradigm shift that really causes some like huge cognitive issues, considering you probably learned the exact opposite of what you're teaching now. Uh, you know, what I do, I don't consider it to be alternative. I just consider it to be 2020 medicine. So there's nothing that I teach when I'm out there hiking that I haven't gotten from articles on PubMed that have been published in the past two to three years um, or from recent Nobel Prizes. So for, if it's quantum physics that I'm talking about or if it's science that I'm talking about, it's current medicine. So if you look at the major teaching hospitals, Georgetown, Stanford, um, they are transitioning towards a systems-based model of medicine. Uh, meaning, when I went to medical school, we learned the body as organ by organ by organ. You study the heart, then you study the brain, then you study the kidneys, then you study the lungs. But the body doesn't work like that. The body works on a system of energy production and blueprints, which are our DNA. So if you can start to, um, as a patient or a consumer of healthcare, start to think, okay, how do I make myself more energy? How do I, how do I get more energy so that I can tell my DNA what to do? That's the shift that had to happen. And it took me about five years to, to really be able to articulate that and understand what I was seeing, what I was feeling, what I was knowing to be true. Mm -hmm. I think most physicians in practice don't get, they don't get that yet. They're not seeing it yet. They're not grasping that yet. So I just think, I mean, I, I study every night. I'm just 
I, I'm just, I like to devour information, <laughs> but I don't think it's alternative. Got it. And I mean, yeah, that's fair enough because you're right. Most of the stuff that you're talking about, I mean, you are showing the published studies. It is coming from, I mean, you could call it even the Western side to a degree, but you're mixing the best of both worlds. Now, what's fascinating for me is I know plenty of impressive people in the I'll call it the alternative space. And, you know, people like myself who have resolved health issues, I kind of started out not really knowing what I'm doing, just having this intuitive sense that, all right, you know, clearly eating processed foods is not serving me. So let's see how well I do when I change that around. Did you just make this connection? Because I, I know a couple doctors, very few, very few that are talking about similar things and they're getting the research in the same way that you are are. So I'm kind of just wondering, like, why do my other alternative practitioners who are totally smart, um, totally into this stuff and totally open minded because they've been wrong so many times before, like, why have they not found this route yet? Did you have like some mentor? Or is this truly just from the idea of, all right, I'm going to sit down and study every single night because I don't know many people who do that post med school. Like, did it come from that? Or did you have someone that kind of led you in this direction? Uh, I think it's because at about age 35, I started not feeling good. I started not feeling good, and my husband had had this celiac disease, which is a gluten issue where most people know this by now, but back when he was diagnosed, people didn't really understand celiac in 2005. Um, and so I just, I wanted to make us both better, and I was so tired of moms bringing their two and three and four-year-old babies uh, sick. I was seeing so much eosinophilic esophagitis, which is an allergic reaction in the esophagus. I was seeing... Um, just depression, anxiety, and uh, lack of um, focus and concentration, just sick kids. And I knew that there had to be something better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess I, I first started with just saying, okay, well, the American Congress of OBGYN does not tell us to check nutrient levels in pregnancy, but let's just start with checking the nutrients in pregnancy, zinc, B12, folate, and I was vitamin D. I was astounded what I found. They, every pregnant mom had low levels of that. And then I moved on to looking at thyroid. Um, and that's a whole nother ball of wax. Right, right. <laughs> and, and what it's doing. And we can, we can talk about that for an hour, but, and then I started realizing, gosh, a large percentage of these women, I would say maybe 50% have abnormal thyroid function, which, which a, a general OBGYN who's not alternative should know that if you have abnormal thyroid function, you lower the IQ of your baby by several points. Hmm. Um, so that that was that was probably the first thing that I started seeing my patients realizing I didn't learn how to deal with this in pregnant in in residency. I have to figure this out. Okay, got it. And that's I mean that's pretty intimidating, you know. From the you're a doctor, you got these health issues going on yourself, the Hashimoto's, which we'll touch on today. Your husband has this stuff going on that's no one no one has been able to figure out. And now you're seeing you know patients presenting with things that again you weren't necessarily. I'm told to look out for. So I I give you a lot of props for going away from the beaten path because there's plenty of people not doing that. Um, And we don't condemn anything or anyone on this show. You know, it's these are tough subjects. If this was so simple, we would have already had it figured out. But um, I do give a lot of props to the leaders out there that are like, you know what? This doesn't make sense. This is wrong. It's very hard to go away, especially with the um, education level that you have to be like, no, this isn't working and I need to figure something else out. So what we're uh, I'd like to get into next is kind of the core things that you found, because I know 
more than the average person about certain topics that you discuss, but I still have plenty to learn myself. And I think it's fundamental that everyone understands this. So one of the things that you mention all the time, and it's right in your bio on Instagram, is mitochondria. Now, this other doctor that I follow and respect very much has been talking about that for a while as well. And that's what they kind of realized, all right, there's stuff going on here. I learned about um, Dr. Doug Wallace and him finding out that, yes, you know, we're getting mitochondria from our mother. It seems that these things are damaged, maybe almost subclinically, because I know that Western medicine does test for like real mitochondrial diseases. And when these things aren't going so well, you know, then we can have issues pretty much anywhere. So in to the degree that you're able, um, I mean, you don't have to go so oversimplified that it's ridiculous. I mean, but we are on the radio, you know, we have people out there that are super interested that might not have the medical background. What is a mitochondria, first of all, because people probably haven't heard this sometimes in 20, 30 years since their high school biology class. And then let's talk about what this has to do with our health and why this matters at all. Sure. So I'll make it very simple, but I will say uh, we know from studies in the past couple of years that the mitochondria don't only come from the mother. And so I'm looking forward. There's going to be a transition in medicine because some of the dad's mitochondria, at least in some cases, do get through. Okay. Um, so, so that's going to be a, so that's going to be foundationally changing some of our nutrition textbooks because if you look at the opening chapter to one of those most of those books, it talks about. Uh, mitochondria only coming from the mom. So for the average person listening to this show, you can't just blame your mom for your problems anymore, mm-hmm. number one. But number two, there's going to be a shift in how we interpret this stuff. So that's a little more advanced. But simply put, and I like to say simply stated, if you think of um, you have, your cells have thousands and thousands of mitochondria. If you just think of it as one battery inside of your cell, that battery is your connection to your environment. And think of that, think of it like a little circle with a teeter-totter, okay? That teeter-totter pivots, and they, they, these batteries are making energy, and in medicine we call that ATP, and they're making something called reactive oxygen species. Now, they do some other things, but the big thing is they're making energy, and they're making signaling molecules for you to get inflammation. In medicine, we call it an itis. So if you have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, colitis, um, pharyngitis, that's all inflammation. It usually is associated with you trying to clean up a mess. So you've got this teeter-totter in your factories, your batteries, and they're making energy, and they have to make a little bit of these reactive oxygen species, which is on the other side of the teeter-totter. But you want a good balance where your ATP or your energy side of your teeter-totter is high, and your reactive oxygen species or your inflammation or your itis side is low. Um, And so there's things that you can do with your lifestyle to bring up that energy and lower the inflammation or lower the reactive oxygen species or the signaling molecules that cause, excuse me, that cause the itis. So I think if you just, if you don't have any understanding of mitochondria, but you, you just see them as this like circle battery inside of your cell that makes energy and makes these signaling molecules for inflammation, that's where you start. Now, the energy, we, we used to think that the DNA, which is in a different part of the cell, was in charge. But now we know that that energy that you make is telling your DNA what to do. And it's a, it's a, what we call bi-directional exchange. It goes both ways, but it's telling that genetic blueprint what to do. So you've got a factory and you've got a blueprint. You've got an energy producer and a blueprint. And I think if you just start to realize that when you go to the doctor, again, they're looking at you as you have a heart problem. I'm going to send you to the cardiologist. You have a brain problem. I'm going to send you to the neurologist. Mm-hmm. They're not looking at you as what's going on in your, in your power plants, what's going on in your batteries. They're not trained to think that way, but that's the way medicine is pointing right now. 
And this makes so much sense because I feel like it's like the missing link. Because again, people have been doing the holistic thing for a while. I mean, some very successfully, some not so successfully. And, you know, they always talk about holistic, right? It's the whole body, that type of stuff. But I don't think anyone really had an understanding. Um, They had theories, but not a deep understanding of why do we need to address the whole body. Um, I also really appreciate your clarification with the mitochondria thing because I had heard that statement challenged that now we know it's not just for mom, whatever. Um, but I'll be honest, I'm always honest when I, I haven't looked up something personally. I hadn't ever addressed those particular studies, so I kind of went with what I knew. So I love learning new things, so I appreciate you bringing that in today. Um, also, with this statement, what you just said basically is that kind of why – I think tons of people say this and maybe don't know why there's a thing in functional medicine that goes, you know, genes load the gun environment pulls the trigger. Would you say it's fair to say that that would be accurate based on what you just described with the mitochondria and the relationship to the DNA? I think even putting genes load the gun at the first part of that sentence is too strong. Okay. You are your environment. You are your environment. I, I don't, I've heard that before. I don't love it because you are your environment, and no matter what your environment is, you can make yourself better. I don't believe that there is any disease that you can't reverse at this point in my career. None. <laughs> that is awesome. And uh, I've seen some... If, you, if you're dedicated. Well, yeah, it, it, right. It might be... Um... The actions might be overall simple, but it's certainly not easy, right? I mean, you've been out there for, um, I'm I'm kind of a few minutes before the break, so I don't want to dive too deep into this, but um, we'll get into it afterwards for sure. One of the things that I know for you is, and I found this surprising, and it challenged my paradigm, and it was one of the reasons I'm most interested in having you on. I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease at 18. I've dealt with mental health challenges in my life, um, severe, severe cystic acne. And those things aren't really a problem for me anymore. Some of them, you know, I, I never have at all. But I did that in a relatively, relatively short period of time. And then I found you and you're like, well, listen, I've you know been doing this for four years trying to reverse the Hashimoto's, which to me sounds like a long time, but there's something different that you have that the people that I know and the practitioners that I follow don't have. What they have and what even myself has admittedly seems more like symptom management where you seem to have actually healed your body because you'll go out and talk about like, Oh, I had three slices of pizza last night. And obviously guys, you know, you're hearing one part of a conversation. That's certainly not what Courtney's doing the majority of the time, but I got to be honest, I don't think I could go out and have three slices of pizza right now without feeling like absolute crud. So is that fair to say that what you did was more an actual true healing of the body where, I mean, maybe people like even myself are unfortunately just managing symptoms? Well, to me, first, just briefly, yes, I did, rev- I did reverse my Hashimoto's. My TPO antibodies, to my recollection, were in the 700s, but I can only find a lab value of 300. So we'll say it was 300 to be <laughs> Either way. Clear. Yeah. yeah, either way. They're normal. And I was on over 120 uh, micrograms of Synthroid when I was pregnant. My son's 10. I'm now completely off of thyroid. And I did the bulk of that work over the past two and a half years. I would say my body runs like a teenager. When I was a teenager, I used to be able to go out to brunch and eat pancakes and syrup and all of that stuff. And I've gotten it back to that point. Now, do I do that frequently? No. Um, because I understand how it works. I understand my energy balance. Sometimes when I do it, do I feel horrible like you do? Yeah, it depends on what I've eaten. Okay. Um, But I can, I've learned my system. I've learned how to make energy. So I can cheat. And most of the time I don't, but I can, and I don't because I want to be clear. I want my brain. My most important thing to me is my brain. 
and I want clarity every single day. Um, and to kind of take it back to what you asked me at the beginning, how did I know? There's a very strong intuition that comes when your brain is clean between about two and four in the morning. And we can talk about the quantum physics of that if you want to, but you get downloads, you, you, you realize things. So I, I was after that clarity every single day. So um, I can cheat. Do I do it? Or I don't even want to call it cheating. I can eat what I want and then I can go right back into running like a Ferrari. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So um, I, I love that. And we will dive into a lot more topics right after these quick commercial breaks, guys. Tired of talk radio shows that are nothing but Trump, Trump, and more Trump? Looking for something that actually has some relevance to your life? Then tune into The Pennsylvania Project. Hi, I'm Ken Krawchuk, host of The Pennsylvania Project. Our mission is to showcase the political, cultural, and environmental challenges facing contemporary Pennsylvania, and we're all about solutions. So tune in Mondays, 3 p.m. here on WWDB, 860 a.m. in Philadelphia. When the problem is same old, same old talk radio, the correct solution is the Pennsylvania Project. You need to call my buddy Eric Katz over at Katz Dogs Canine. Eric Katz is a good buddy of mine who's been in the dog business for years. This guy is a dog whisperer. He actually won Best of Montgomery County for dog training, and he's the one that we normally do the little back and forth with, so I kind of had to create a custom ad for him today, which is perfectly fine with me. Um, but I do want you guys to reach out to him if you can. It is at CatsDogsCanine.com. That's K-A-T-Z. D-O-G-S, the letter K, the number nine, dot com. And when you give him a ring, tell him Health Coach Ev sent you. Hey, everyone, it's Health Coach Ev here once again. As you can tell, I'm flying solo in the studio today. But I have a few questions for you. Are you listening to this show to better your own health? Have you tried changing your diet around, maybe seen some results, but aren't quite where you'd like to be? Are you tired of playing guessing games with which supplements to take or being told that your blood work looks normal, even though you certainly don't feel so normal? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I have an amazing opportunity for you. Right now, you can be coached by a practitioner certified by the exact same program that I always reference as being the main contributing factor to restoring my health, functional diagnostic nutrition. FDN practitioners are a part of a group of elite health professionals who are highly skilled at identifying healing opportunities that no one else has uncovered for you, which I can attest to myself. They use cutting-edge functional lab testing, and through these tests, they'll be able to show you the hidden causes of your chronic health concerns. For me, it was these FDN practitioners who were finally able to explain to me why I had dealt with over a decade's worth of mental and physical health symptoms and what I needed to do in order to truly heal my body. There is a very limited number of people that they can currently work with, and in fact, you'll have to hop on the wait list. Make sure you don't miss the next opportunity to work with one of these incredible professionals. Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button. That's fdnthrive.com and then click the Get Started Here button. And we're back. Welcome to the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. We are speaking to one of my favorite doctors ever, Dr. Courtney Hunt. She is an MD based out of Arizona who uh, took a not-so-traditional route in order to help her own family's health as well as the health of her patients. So we've been talking about a little background, how she got into what she got into, um, and very lightly on some of the things uh, that you know, she kind of does in her own life and some of the things that she's found. So we're going to dive in next. Um, Dr. Hunt, I, I'd love to talk about that thing that you mentioned with the intuitions at 
2 to 4 a.m. because I definitely have felt certain things that I would call spiritual um, in my healing journey. And it's one of the things that I'm probably most attracted to with your work, how you combine those. Um, But before that, I'd like to talk about some of the actions that you do every day to heal your body because or I mean, keep your environment right, really, because it's not conventional. So one of the things that you do and you have done it consistently, you prove it, you go live, you're taking the pictures. I mean, it's not fake. You're hiking for I mean, how long on average would you say that you're hiking for every single morning? Uh, about an hour and a half if it's a weekday, about three hours if it's a weekend, okay. about 4.30 till 7.30. I mean, this is amazing. And you're doing this at sunrise. That activity alone is actually just impressive because you'd think that would be hard for people because, I mean, you're climbing up a pretty intense mountain. But let's talk about, like, why the heck are you doing that? And what does this have to do with health? Like, how is that healing your body when you're doing that and catching sunrise? Uh, Well, I didn't start that way. So if you're sick and you're on the couch, you have chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, you can't get up. I was there once. I felt horrible um, uh, many years ago. And I started with just walking on a golf course by my house. I started just going out to the end of my driveway and sitting at the end of my driveway watching the sunrise. That was where it started. Hmm. And then I started walking the golf course and then I started walking a little bit further. So it's it's all baby steps. I call it crawl, walk, run. It's all baby steps. Um, I... to me, I can combine everything. So as the sun, a lot of my work is about the electromagnetic field or the light from our sun. And that is what is guiding our power plants. So our little batteries inside of us are taking cues from the environment through our eye and through our skin to know when they're supposed to do what they're supposed to do. So sunrise, sunshine, sunset, repeat. I say that hashtag <laughs> all the time. It has really deep meaning. So number one, I'm watching the sunrise to to, to get my day set, to reset my melatonin, to get my hormones going. Number two, we know um, if we want to make our mitochondria stronger, high-intensity exercise is the top thing. Well, not the top thing, probably the second thing that we can do. So I'm hiking a mountain with ups and downs with my heart rate for me going up to 100, well, 170, 180 sometimes. So I'm doing high-intensity exercise. Um most mornings for anywhere between an hour and three hours. Those are probably the two most important things why I do it. And then I love teaching. So if I can bring you guys along with me, it's it's not fancy. There's not much to look at when I'm doing in the dark, but <laughs> whatever you want to know, I'll teach you. I just think it's kind of an incredible thing because I remember when I was first introduced to that, I have I also have no idea how I found your account because I know that I was into the late stuff. I mean, certainly didn't know in depth about it, but I, I was following the habits and then I found your account and I found I resonated much more with the way that you were presenting the information. And basically the doctor that I had followed, um, and I'm not sure if you agree with this, this is just what I had heard, said that light was more important than food. Now that is not to say that food's not important, but they said it was more important. And I'm sitting here like feeling pretty good. I had, you know, felt like I had reversed a few health conditions, you know, by only changing my diet and still staying up till two o'clock in the morning because I thought eight hours was eight hours. If I slept from two to 10, oh, that's the same as, you know, 10 to six or 10 to four or whatever. I I didn't really understand that at the time. Do you believe that light is more important than food? Because I'm at a point where I actually kind of think that, and I do have plenty of anecdotes from my own life to kind of back that up. Oh, gosh, there's so much complexity to that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that life is more important than food when you're getting started healing. On the spiritual side, light is way more important than food. But understand, when I talk about light, I'm not talking just about the seven colors of the rainbow that we see. The electromagnetic field is light to me. 
So there's waves upon waves upon waves or energy outside of the seven colors that we see that are so vital to our health. Um, so that kind of gets into the spiritual part of it. But uh, so if you're first starting to heal, you have to change your diet. You may not be able to, to get out there right at sunrise, but you have to change your diet. So I, I don't like to put weight on them because um, to say one's more important than the other because they're both important. But light is the driving force of our evolution. And and food is how you get there. So you have to have both working together. You have to make your mitochondria stronger, make more ATP, make the energy side of your teeter-tighter go up if you're going to have that connection, if you're going to be able to do what I call better, stronger, faster, if you're going to heal yourself to the point where you can get off of the couch and take care of your children and do your job well with grace and lead your community and teach other people to heal. You have to have both. And I think this is when I literally had just said your message resonates with me a lot more. I think it's those kinds of comments that allowed it to be so, right? Because you said there's complexity to that statement, which I would think is hopefully obvious to people out there. But then you also said, you know, like, all right, maybe in like a certain circumstance, light is more important. But like when you're first starting out, yeah, food's going to be huge. And I, I mean, I agree with that. You know, that was kind of the confusion that I had. So I just wish more people were there. I don't know where this came from, but there is like a lot of people in this space that are preaching this stuff that almost come from like this place of condescension and arrogance and such certainty. Um, and you just yeah. don't, I, I think, you know, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And you just don't do that, right? Because you're, you'll explain this to someone that's, whose brain is totally fried at the moment and you'll break that down for them. You'll use analogies, but then you can also completely rattle off the science if it's relevant to that conversation. I just, um, I have a lot of respect for that. And so speaking of diet, one of the things that you utilize can a lot. Can I just say something? Yes, please. Can I say something, Evan? My mission is to teach every mother, father, and child to heal. And if you do it with an error of complexity or condescension, number one, they're not going to want to listen. They're going to tune out and they're not going to understand. That's why I use simple hashtags. So sunrise, sunshine, sunset, repeat. It sounds simple, but as you understand it more, you see the complexity that there's quantum mechanics in what I'm saying. If you come at it with a condescending air or you speak above people's heads, we're not going to change humanity. We're not going to make people smarter or kinder or gentler. We're not going to elevate the population. We're not going to, we're not going to elevate the, I'll, I'll just say it like that. We're not going to elevate the population. That's why I say, take my hand because whatever level you come in at, I can, I can show you the connection. I, I can get you there if you're willing to make the changes. Well, I think we can all um, get on board with that. And I think that makes a lot more sense because that's exactly what I've always wondered from the other people that are, are preaching this. They might be brilliant and fair enough to that. Good for you. But who are you talking to? Are you trying to create a cult of 100 people that can actually understand what the hell you're saying um, and can put up with the way that you say it? Or are we actually trying to change the world on a mass level um, You know, before you know, we can't do that anymore, right? You're, you're seeing these issues with the pregnancies. How many more years and decades can we really push that before we realized, oh, wow, we, we really went too far. Um, so I, I love that. And thank you for um, saying that. With the diet stuff, one of the things you talk about a lot is ketosis. Now, if someone's even heard of this, mo plenty of people haven't, but if they've even heard of ketosis, they're like, oh, what is that? The keto diet that you use for weight loss? And it's like, no, this is something that in the literature can be showed um, to heal people. And I know it's been a huge part of your healing journey. So can you explain why that's not just some fad diet and it, it can actually help your body heal? Sure. So 
if you're new to this conversation again, you have to realize ketosis is not a diet. It is a metabolic state. It, it's two different things. You have to not think of it as a diet. I have so many people who come in and say, well, I'm practicing the keto diet, but they're never actually testing to make sure that they're getting to the metabolic state. When you get into the metabolic state, and what I mean by that is you take that teeter-totter and you put the energy high in the sky with the sun and you put the reactive oxygen species down to the ground. You're like a little kid flying high on your teeter-totter. <laughs> when you do that, you have four times more energy to tell your DNA how to heal you. Your ATP goes up fourfold, 400%, four times. So that energy molecule drastically goes up. Now, there's a bunch of other benefits that we can talk about, but if you just walk away from this conversation saying ketosis is a metabolic state. Now, the science of it is, if you look at the 2020, uh, 2016 to 2020 articles on the quantum physics of the mitochondria and how they work, the stressors that help them, and, and this is all proven in, in medicine, are um, calorie restriction, which nobody likes to hear, but once you get into ketosis, you really don't care about eating anymore. Mm -hmm. And then that's where the light comes in because you can, you can get more from your light. So calorie restriction, cognitive stress, which would have been another, I should have said that when I was hiking. Why am I hiking and teaching every morning? Because I can repeat, repeat, repeat what I know, what I teach. So that's cognitive stress for me. It's solidifying in my memory. So calorie restriction, cognitive stress, ketosis. Those are the three main things that strengthen our mitochondria or make us have better batteries. I don't know if it just didn't register before, and I'm not trying to go off on a side point, but I am interested in it. When you talk about that cognitive stress, like that's in the literature, because you talk about like how studying can even help this out. Like that is scientifically shown that the cognitive stress will enhance this. Absolutely. Wow. Well, where's your highest density of mitochondria? The most mitochondria, aside from the human egg, which has 600,000 to a million mitochondria, just ponder that, mm -hmm. is in the brain. So the second highest density is in the brain, and the sperm only have 50 to 75. So sorry, guys, <laughs> but the brain, the brain has the highest density, meaning the most mitochondria per cell. And where do they live? They live at that, at that point where your brain chemicals, most people have heard of dopamine, serotonin, the drugs like dopamine, uh, Prozac, the drugs that we use for those medications or to, to help you with those, uh, if you have uh, mental health problems. The, so the highest density of energy production in the human body is at that point in the brain where your thoughts occur. So if you can just walk away thinking, okay, if I practice a ketogenic metabolic state, I'm going to increase the energy where my thoughts are happening, then you start to realize, oh, well, maybe I would have better thoughts. Maybe my dopamine would work better. Maybe my serotonin would work better. And it's a, it's a lot more complex than that. Mm -hmm. But if you just think, if I can lift my teeter-totter in my brain, my brain chemicals are going to swim back and forth. My electrical impulses are going to travel faster. I'm going to get smarter. I'm going to connect better. I'm going to have more intuition. So if you can grasp that, if you can get it from that perspective, then that means you're going to go home and be nicer to your child, be nicer to your husband, be nicer to the teacher at school. It all starts to shift. Wow. And I think that is, I mean, it's kind of what I experienced. I just didn't 
I didn't know so precisely what was going on because, I mean, when I was a kid, I'm dealing with these mental health issues and I was someone who always stayed skinny no matter what I did. But obviously that doesn't mean healthy. I didn't know that at the time. And, you know, I was probably eating two, 300 grams of sugar per day, mostly in the forms of like bagels, candy, stuff like that. And over the last several years, I started doing intermittent fasting. Now, I never went into full um, ketosis at the time, at least not that I knew of. I would do these extended fasts. And then, um, you know, I we've shouted you out a few times, uh, my girlfriend and I had an inspiration to kind of like, all right, well, let's do a true keto diet for the month of December. And it is something I'm still continuing now in ketosis. Now, I got a little luckier because I think all my intermittent fasting, lower carb diet and uh, extended fasts have given me an advantage because like I got into it totally easy. I had a two hour period one day where I had a minor headache. I upped the electrolytes good to go. I've been tracking like I can easily um, eat 70 grams of carbs even one day, almost sedentary. And the very next day, I'll be back in because like once December kind of moved along, I, I started experimenting. I'm like, all right, well, what can I get away with? Not that we want to be doing that all the time, but it's just interesting to me. And so like, how long do you think, because I have no idea since I wasn't tracking, like how long would it take the average person to be able to do what you and I are doing now where it's like, yeah, we can actually go have a decent amount of carbs the day before and the very next day get back into ketosis. It, it all depends. Uh, um, you store what I call your junk in your trunk and your fat cells. <laughs> so we don't accumulate more fat cells throughout life. The fat cells expand. And if you are a 50 year old woman with severe brain fog and you weigh 200 pounds and you're five foot two, you've got 80 pounds of cells that are storing all the poison you've put into your body. So most, most of the toxins that we take in are fat soluble. So that's where they go. And to get to the point where you can flip that switch like you are, or I am, or I can have pizza, or you can have 70 grams of carbs, you have to dump all the junk from your trunk. And you have to just every morning wake up and say, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for another walk. I'm going to go for another walk. Um, so it really, uh, and I use leptin as one of my markers to figure that out um, for someone. If you come in with a very high leptin, you're not going to be able to pull that switch very fast. If you come in and your leptin is below 10, you're probably going to be able to do it pretty quickly. Now, you went about it the opposite way. It's much harder, I think, to practice um, the fasting first. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think it's a lot easier to get become an efficient fat burner, but being a, skin, a, a thin man, you it was easy for you to flip that switch. Um, it's not going to be easy for a 200-pound woman who's been sick her whole life. Um, and that's where, people, that's where people stall out because you have good days and bad days, and you have to realize healing is good days and bad days. Um, but it just, it just depends on the person, how much they can exercise and how much they weigh, how much fat. And it's not even about weight. It's about how much junk have you put in your trunk? Mm -hmm. How many toxins have you taken in your life that you've never cleaned up? Awesome. Well, I appreciate you breaking this down in a way that I really, truly think this is digestible, um, for the average person. And when we come back from the break, we will be talking about what I consider the most interesting aspect of the things that you say. And that's where kind of all this science meets with the spiritual. So we'll talk to you guys in just a second after these quick commercial breaks. When you know that you or a loved one would do better mentally with something more than what your current doctor is doing, you can head to the Patient Experience Center at dhalab.com. View their advanced brain chemistry consultations to quickly and easily test and optimize with an MD. Take brain health in your own hands today with a 10% discount. Use the code HEALTHCOACHEV when checking out for a 10% discount on any test and consultation services. And again, it's dhalab.com. 
Speaking of mental health, if you're a parent who wants to understand the mental health challenges your child faces, then Lucas Wolf's new book, My Perfect Life, How Depression Almost Ended It and How I Found Purpose Through Pain, is for you. Through goofy, relatable stories, you'll see the world from the eyes of someone silently battling depression. More importantly, you'll learn how Lucas found hope and purpose through his pain. You can get your copy of My Perfect Life today. It's available on Amazon by searching Lucas Wolf, and that's Wolf with an E. Guys, Lucas was actually on episode number four of the Health Coach Ev show available on all major podcast platforms so you can go back and actually listen to his story first and see if that's something um, that would resonate with you and finally does the pandemic hair or have your hair looking a little funky do people stop and glance at you while you walk down the street folks hair salons have been open for a while now it's time to get that haircut you've been procrastinating and when you do it you should head to hair and visions in ottsville pennsylvania hair and visions is open tuesday through saturday they specialize in coloring and also offer keratin treatments that give you your hair a smooth finish hair and visions offer hair offers haircuts for all ages so you can bring the whole family schedule your appointment today by calling 610-847-8895 that's 610-847-8894 and you can tell them health coach ev sent you and we're back welcome to the health coach ev show where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health i'm your host evan transu aka health coach ev we are talking to dr courtney hunt out of arizona i'm really going over the unconventional things that she found to help heal the body the science that she's been up to date on and just you know finding as soon as it came out and the things that she's doing with it now so we've talked more about the practical i'll call it side of things for the first two segments here and now we're getting into something that might not initially seem related to health and and it certainly wouldn't have for me several years back, um, but it definitely does now. And I'll just preface this by saying I have had experiences, I think, at least somewhat similar to Courtney, although you know she's definitely farther along with this. And I think um, she's had some much more profound ones at this point. But I was an atheist my entire life. Um, I was literally, my grandmother has a journal at five and a half years old, me arguing the existence of God, not being like some negative depressed kid. I was just like, that's illogical. You know, that can't happen. And then as I got healthier, although I had no idea why I never even made the connection, I found that I started feeling more intuitive. I felt more connected. Um, and I've had experiences, especially this summer. Um, this isn't something I typically talk about, but you know, I was doing a camping experiment this summer and I'd spend three or four hours out in the sun. I'm wearing boxers in the family's backyard, uh, just letting that sun hit me while grounded. And I'd leave to go do something afterwards. And I am like crying tears of joy afterwards because I feel so amazing and so connected to my path. And I apologize if that's too far out for anyone, but that's kind of where we're going to go on this uh, next segment. So Dr. Hunt, where the heck does science and spiritual meet? Because you are not only a science teacher, if you will, um, you are certainly someone that teaches the spiritual side of things. So what happens to merge this? They meet in the Higgs field and in the electromagnetic field. That is, there is a field of energy that exists between us, around us, within us, in, in, inside of us, and we are interacting with that field. Um, and then the electromagnetic field, which is the light, is our signaling. So let me break that down a little bit. Thank you. <laughs> in, in, in quantum physics, um, there are, there's magic. It's purely magic. So I'm going to say it in a way that people can understand, uh, and then I'm going to explain the, the science of it. In quantum physics, um, things can travel through walls. There's a probability that things can travel through walls. Now, I'm talking at the subatomic level. Let's, let's break it down even more. You have cells inside of your body, and they're made of 
But proteins, those proteins are made by your DNA. Those are called molecules. They're like the Lincoln logs. The molecules are made of um, atoms, and the atoms are made of um, things called protons, neutrons, and electrons. And inside of those protons, neutrons, and electrons, there's or protons and neutrons are something called quarks. These things are all buzzing around like bees. They vibrate in and out of a field of energy. And, and that field was discovered in 2012. It was predicted in the 1960s, but it was discovered at CERN, the Large Hadron Collider, um, in 2012, it actually won a Nobel Prize. So the same field of energy exists in the grass outside your window, in the table in front of you, inside of you. That is where when I say take my hand or use the quantum handshake, you're interacting with that field. It's just information and you're putting it out there and it's coming back to you and you're putting it out there and it's coming back to you. So from a scientific perspective, we are all connected in that field. When I talk about the electromagnetic field from the sun, that's the light coming from the sun, but we also emit an electromagnetic field. So many of you have had the feeling that you walk into a room, you walk into a party, and you instantly know if someone likes you, someone doesn't like you. You can feel that energy, and it's stronger with the people that you love. It's stronger with your spouse, really strong with children, um, with, with a mother and a child because the baby has grown inside of her. <clears throat> That's called quantum entanglement. So these particles, subatomic particles at that teeny tiny level, can travel through walls, can can connect to each other, and wherever they are across time and space, and again, this is proven in the literature, wherever they are across time and space, they will communicate information. So if one does one thing and the other particles on the other side of the world, it will do the same thing um, or convey the same information from a science perspective. Um, there's something called superposition or that everything is just a wave and a prediction. It's like round and round where it goes. Nobody knows. That's how I think of it. it it's just it's just a wave and you have to um, pin it down to be able to determine where it's going to be. So all of those things are going on inside of us. And um, we connect to those things um, with something called coherence, just like the quantum computers that they're building right now uh, in our brain. So, so it's interesting that one of the, the, the man, um, Sir Roger Penrose, who won the Nobel Prize this year for his work on black holes, also has tremendous theories about quantum computers in the brain. Um, and he talks about how consciousness is held in the brain and the microtubules of the brain, which are inside of our nerves. Um, and it's just fascinating stuff, but that's where the connection is happening. At least in 2020 literature, peer-reviewed scientific literature, that's what we think is happening. Got it. And if I may ask, I mean, I know I wasn't always feeling that. And then all of a sudden, I mean, kind of, kind of intensely, um, I started to experience that. I mean, is that what happened to you? Were you someone who was an intuitive or a spiritual person to a significant degree beforehand? Or did you have kind of like a profound experience with this? I was always spiritual, um, but I was not ever religious, I would say. Um, I studied the religions, I, I looked at them, but I, I was always spiritual. I always had an intuition that something was guiding me. Um, and here's kind of how I explain that. When I was a kid, uh, when I was in college, let's say, I could walk in and take a test in 15 minutes that would take other people two hours, <laughs> even if I barely studied. And I never understood why, but I would intuitively know an answer. So there's something to that. And the more knowledge you build, and I'm not saying that to brag, I'm just saying that was my 
super skill. That was my superhuman power. Some people it's writing, some people it's drawing, some people it's ice skating, whatever it is. That was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, the more knowledge you have, meaning the more you study science and whatever is interesting to you, in my field it would be biology, quantum mechanics, whatever. When I get those hits, those downloads, that intuition, I know what to make of it. Does that make sense? So it's like I'm building my book in my hand, but the light is coming down and sparking my book so that I understand it. Yeah, I mean, I it does make overall sense. I mean, I'm sure that I mean, this is an interesting thing. And I love what you said about being a kid and having that ability. And I didn't take that as, um, you know, bragging whatsoever. I mean, everyone has their own thing. That's that's very cool. And I love how you relate that to intuition as opposed to just, you know, what most people would refer to as like some type of intelligence. Now, how does this connect to you had talked about like almost this intuitive time from two to four in the morning, if I'm saying that correct. I actually don't know what that time of the morning would have anything to do with that. So let's go back to that. Um, and how does that relate to this stuff that we're talking about right now? Okay. So in brief, when the sun goes down, that's our trigger to make melatonin. Melatonin tells us that we need to go to sleep within the next couple of hours. When we go through sleep, I call it taking the elevator down. So you go through these different kind of electrical stages of sleep until you get into what's called delta wave sleep. And that needs to happen between 2 and 4 in the morning. And what's happening in that deepest level of sleep, if you have an empty gut, this is where the fasting part comes in, all of your ATP, when I talked about the highest density of ATP is around those synapses in your nerves and your brain, you're not wasting ATP digesting food. You're not wait. Your body is totally paralyzed, so you're not wasting ATP moving muscle. All of it is going to regenerate your brain to clean yourself, and that's a process called autophagy, what I call running the dishwasher. So you run your dishwasher at night, you clean yourself, you dump all the junk from your trunk, all the poison that you've taken in, and you, if you're not wasting energy doing other things and you're burning clean, efficient fuel from ketosis, that's where you store your memory. Your memory storage happens in the middle of the night. So when the gurus say all we have is now, they're right. All we have is now. We, We perceive this thing called time because we're able to store memory in our brain. So the ATP in our brain is what's allowing us to remember what happened yesterday, the day before, when we clean ourselves so well and we get into deep sleep and we connect. You store your memory. You have your aha moments. The intuition comes in. It's a it's a it's an intense time of connectedness, and most religions, most um, spiritual systems teach this, right? The the Muslims pray at dawn, um, the monks get up and pray at dawn. So it, it's a it has a scientific explanation, but it also has a you also see it across spirituality and religious um, um, religious people alike. But that's what's going on. You've cleaned yourself, and the cleaner you make yourself during the day, the less work you have to do at night. So for example, Monday I fasted for 24 hours and I only needed three and a half hours of sleep Monday night. <laughs> I was awake at 3.30 in the morning ready to go. But it took me a long time to get to get there. And I would, if I said that to somebody who's sick, oh, you don't need any sleep, you'd think I was nuts. You'd think I was nuts. But when you get to this point of healing, you don't need much sleep. This is really interesting. I'm just I'm connecting dots right now that I wouldn't like. I'm experiencing some of these things. I've I literally say to uh, my friends and family when I'm doing these extended fasts, like I'll be you know up earlier or whatever because that's typically what happens to me. Um, but you're just helping me even connect a lot of dots and provide clarity. And I, I think it is just so cool um, mixing the spiritual side with this. So I want to ask because we got about uh, six seven minutes left in the show. This is 
and this is something I ask on another podcast I do as well. It's important and cool and amazing to hear about practitioners and people who are obviously very intelligent doing this stuff. But I think it's even more inspiring to know that this is a replicatable thing that other people can do. So I know many of your patients have given you permission to share stories online. Um, so from one of those, like, can you share with the audience maybe one of your favorite patient stories and something that happened to them? Like they, they're coming in, they got no idea what's going on and they're guided through this process and, you know, bam, like it changed their life. Yeah. I mean, my favorite one is my first um, patient that I worked with and she's given me all social media consent. She's actually been on the news with me. Um, she was my inspiration. Her name is Jenny. And I had known her for a long time when I practiced what, we, what you would call traditional gynecology. And I didn't know any of this stuff. And she came in to see me for a checkup and was falling asleep in the chair. She was maybe in her late, maybe 58. And this would have been six years ago. And I said, you know what, I'm looking at this new thing. I'm looking at the nutrigenetics or the genetics of how we heal. Will you allow me to look at 26 genes of how your body uses your food to heal you and work on you with diet and supplements to see if we can fix you? Now, at the time, she had um, problems with bleeding. She had a cardiac arrhythmia. She had sleep apnea. She was on a CPAP. Her brain fog was so bad that literally five minutes into the conversation, she could barely um, answer my questions. And I even said to her, are you okay? She um, works as a cranial sacral therapist, so she understands energy, and she has a very uh, um, dedicated personality, which is why it worked for her quickly. Um, so, But she was hardly able to see maybe, I don't know, three or four uh, clients a day. She likes to travel. She wasn't traveling anymore. She wanted to go golfing in Ireland for her 60th birthday and didn't think she was going to be able to make it through the trip. So we got to work. Um, and I can tell you now she is off all of her cardiac arrhythmia medications. She is off of her CPAP machine. She's seeing eight clients a day, which is, as you probably know, for energy healers, that's a big load. It takes <laughs> yes. a lot of work. Um, she's traveling across the country and internationally all the time. Um, and she practices, you know, give it away. She practices the more knowledge you have, she, she understands. And, and um, what you give away, you get back in spades. So um, she, at 63, uh, she's probably my favorite story to show. And I did it with the genetics. So just going back to the part that we talked about ketosis, you have to know what you're doing. So you said the electrolytes. Electrolytes are really important. Salt is really important because you're having fluid shifts. And proper nutrition is really important. So this is going to sound crazy to some people, but when I was 16, I could envision a world. I would fantasize or see a world in my head that kind of looked like Star Wars, like those scenes from Star Wars where everything's, you know, in the sky and and people living on basically vitamins, nutrients, getting their nutrients right. And I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would have a supplement company that's linked to DNA. Never did I. It's called Genetic Protocol. Never did I think that I would be doing that as an OBGYN. But when you go into ketosis, you have to get the nutrients right. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to eat meat and cheese all day and not take the right nutrients for my DNA. So there's a part of that that people have to understand. It has to be done correctly. Um, so anyway, we worked on those genetics with Jenny. We worked on her light. She is, uh, I hate to talk about suntans, but she's one of the tannest people I know. Um, she spends as much time outside as she can between her clients connecting, getting that euphoric feeling and her strength, her ability with her craniosacral therapy or with her energy medicine that she works on has gotten stronger. She's, she's strengthened her intuition, um, both spiritually, but also just with her clients. Well, and that's what happens. I mean, it is like this beautiful 
extra bang for your buck. I mean, all I was doing is trying to like lose some pimples and panic attacks. And all of a sudden I'm finding my path in life. It's like crazy. And it's, yes. it's something better, that... faster, stronger. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Better, faster, stronger. You open your book and you go better, faster, stronger. Yeah. You're nicer to people. You Here's what it is. Some people walk through life constantly negative, constantly angry, constantly upset. And then they wonder they don't recognize that that in themselves because their brain is inflamed because they can't make the ATP or energy in those nerves that I talked about. And then they wonder why they get negativity back. If you can make your brain feel better, and even for the first half of the day you have more energy so you're kinder or you get more done, you're going to get better things back. It just scales up. It scales up from the quantum level to the macro level very quickly. One of the reasons that we had Dr. Hunt on today, well, there's a few reasons that I feel like I've said that multiple times, but seriously, one of the main reasons is, do you guys notice we went for an hour and not one time, is there any self-promotion or anything like that? This is someone that is literally just passionate about um, sharing information with others. So of course I'm going to ask Dr. Hunt, if someone's like, wow, I need to work with this woman because pretty much anywhere in the world, I mean, you do things remote, right? Anyone can work with you anywhere. Anyone can work with me anywhere. Um, yes. We do. I do online educational. They're educational consults. If you live in the state of Arizona, you are welcome to come and see me as a patient or do telemedicine as a patient so that I can prescribe and order testing for you. If you are outside, I have a company called Genetic Protocol where I do um, educational consults about, I, wa I want to make this point really clear. The sun is the electromagnetic field or is a, an electromagnetic field, right? This is why I'm not worried about the non-native EMF like everybody else is. When you start to understand the spirituality, and there's so much deeper we could go into. I just want to make that point. Mm -hmm. When you heal your body, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't let that 5G stuff get you down. Number two, I teach about diet. So there, you can do a half-hour session with me where I just teach you how to transition your diet. But if you really want the healing, um, I do 90 minutes with people, and I break it out into three 30-minute sessions. I have a 55 nutrition gene panel. And I don't. most of these nutrigenetic companies are just looking at, do you eat kale or spinach? Do you do high-intensity exercise or do you lift weights? That's not what I mean. I'm looking at things like the CTLA-4 gene that I posted about last night that regulates cancer and what can we do about it. I'm looking at inflammatory cytokines to turn down the itis or deal with the reactive oxygen species or make your teeter tighter shift. I'm looking at mitochondrial DNA to figure out is there nutritional support or supplements I can give you to make you make more ATP until you feel like you can hike your mountain. Um, I look at the entire methylation pathway. So there's a lot I do with nutrition food and supplements to, to help you shift your teeter-totter. But my goal is for you to not need me. I will be in business forever. We have a sick, sick, sick population. I, I will be in business forever. My goal is to teach you over six to eight weeks how to understand what you're doing with your body, set you free so you're on your own. You might need a multivitamin, maybe some methylation support after that. But my goal is to teach you how to not fail. And if you do fail, if you do cheat, if you if Thanksgiving does come to Christmas and you do go on a bender, then you know what nutrient support based on your DNA to get you back to the point where you felt amazing. That is awesome. Courtney, we got to run. Where is the website people can find yet? Uh, CourtneyHuntMD.com and Genetic Protocol. If they want to do online educational consults, it's GeneticProtocol.com. All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Health Coach Ev Show, where we are leveling the playing field around physical and mental health. As always, I'm your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a. Health Coach Ev. And we've been talking to Dr. Courtney Hunt. Thank you so much for your time today and sharing this information. This will be available on all major podcast platforms, and we will see you guys next week.